Hey there, thanks for tuning into the cast. We're super excited that you're listening to our conversation about things that matter to us, and we think they might matter to you also. And if you do enjoy this conversation, please rate, subscribe, comment, and send us questions. It helps us get the word out and engage with you as the listener. And I do just want to remind our listeners that the views expressed on the cast are those of the people expressing them and may not necessarily reflect the views of our church. With that said, please enjoy the show. We got Leah Bueller back on the cast today. Um, <laughs> so that means one thing and one thing only. We're doing hot takes. Ow, ow, ow. My hot take is that the first Iron Man movie is not even close to being one of the best Marvel movies. Okay. The Goofy movie soundtrack is the best movie soundtrack. Ruffles All Dressed Chips are the best chips. Um, going to see Hillsong United is no different than going to see any other pop rock band. You're spending $65 to go to a concert, not church. Miss Piggy and Yoda have the same voice. They are the same person. Hot take. The Raptors are going to win this year. Hot take. Calling your spouse babe is lame. You're lame. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> Sam is lame. <laughs> Hot take, eating apples in the shower is better than not eating apples in the shower. Hmm. Wow. Hot take. I don't know how to follow that one. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's next level. Sam, your turn. Um, I guess uh, I'd say Protestants still need a good alternative to Eucharistic adoration. Hot take. Are these hot takes, Sam? I think that's a hot take. I think a lot of Protestants would be like, no, that's idolatry. No, that's I idolatry. I think most Protestants wouldn't even know how to answer that. Let's be real. Hot take. A lot of never mind. <laughs> Not gonna say it. Um, hot take. Protestants could use more liturgy in their life. Amen. Ooh. I can't even can't even disagree. Hot take. You never have a cold fart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do actually want to like, dig into one of my hot takes there. So I had an interesting discussion uh, with my connect group about this like a couple months ago. Sam, you're in a connect group. Yeah. Do you like your connect group? I love my connect group. What's the best part of being in a connect group? Um, I think just like the routine of knowing I'm going to go see these people and we're going to pray for each other and we're going to talk about God like every single week. Like just that it's this dedicated time that I have to uh, be with people in this specific way. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a very important part of my weekly spiritual walk. Cool. I just wanted to ask. Uh, yeah, for sure. Everyone should be in a connect group, in my opinion. That's, that's so just me. True. Leah, you like your connect group? I love my connect group. They're the best. Well, let's not get like connect group. Yeah, clicky. there's no there's like, no like. No, I wasn't saying we're better than other. I'm just saying anyway, they're the best. <laughs> to back me. to what I was saying about I was talking to my connect group about. 
because uh, some of us are going to go see Hillsong United. Um, yeah, surprising. I'm going to see Hillsong United. The I know. best of the Hillsongs? United? Young and Free? Which is the no, best? No, Hillsong United is where I don't care for Young and Free at all. Um, I'm sure they're nice people. I don't care for their music at all. But yeah, I'm going to see Hillsong United with some people. And we kind of were talking like, is it a concert or is it like, am I going to go worship? And I mean, I guess like that's up to you how you want to experience it. But in my opinion, you've paid $65 to go see a concert with cool lights, like a cool show. It's all the production value of a concert. They're only playing songs. Like there's not like preaching or anything. It's not really like a church service. And I mean, some of the songs are like not today. I know it's sung as a worship song, but I don't, I don't really think of it the same way as like other worship songs. What song? To not today. Yeah, the, tell the devil no, not today. That one. <laughs> oh yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I was just kind of not like a, today, I don't know. Satan. <laughs> That's like whatever. Uh, well, I think it's a tough thing because, like, you know that you're going in, and I feel like the expectation is that this is going to be a worship moment, kind of like at their conferences, right? Like I know those conferences, there's like yeah. preaching, and like I've been to them, and they're great. I haven't been to like a Hillsong conference, but I've been to a conference where there was worship, right. but I did pay for it. Like, And so I think it's like, it, it is that mix between the art of the music and like the Christian culture, right? Yeah. And um, like we were saying, like, you know, obviously a band like that, that is worldwide, that travels, that goes on tour, like there is that kind of side of it. But I think like, I don't know if I'm going to pay for Hillsong, I'm paying, I, don't, I think I am paying for a worship experience. I don't go to it to see a concert because I've heard all their songs. And I'm like, I'm only going because I think I like what they're going to create. And not necessarily yeah. an artistic, purely artistic sense. I think there's a kind of an expectation of, because even them, I like, I'm pretty sure the concerts I've been to at least, right? Like they structure it like a worship set. Right, it starts off huge and it's exciting, whatever. Then it goes into like the the deep songs. And yeah, then, but then like it ends off huge. And I, I saw Radiohead and they did the same thing. Did it? I have no idea. I'm, 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 I've never there been a Radiohead, so I can't say that enough. <laughs> but I think like because that's how we even structure worship services, Ted. Like yeah, usually. But, but right? I think like there's an art of musicality that like it doesn't matter if it's a worship band or not a worship band. Like I don't know. I'm going to see Taking Back Sunday who are not a, they're taking back Sunday for the devil. Uh, but anyway, they're not a Christian <laughs> band um, at all. Like I'm going to see them in October and I'm going to like probably engage with that music. Not the same as Hillsong, but if you break it down, like I'm just going to sing along to a bunch of songs that I know and yeah, like. Okay, but right? with the Hillsong one, it's different because like the Holy Spirit like is more, I would say, not that you well, can't worship to secular music, but like it's you shouldn't. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I'm going to Hillsong concert, it's it's not to see those people. It's because I think it would be like I know what I'm I know what I'm going to. I'm going to worship yeah. in a huge set like corporate setting, which sounds mm-hmm. like a cool experience. And like, yeah, I know what I'm hmm. I know I'm getting lights. I know I'm getting somewhat of a production value, but like the intention there is like I'm going to worship and the Holy Spirit will show up. I think mm. for me, like I agree with Leah, but I think it's because I don't actually go to concerts. Yeah, like I'm not a concert goer. Like I don't actually, to be honest, I don't even understand them. Like I'll go if a friend. So a friend got got me Lecrae tickets one time and I went. It was great. I loved it. But like I don't really understand. This is just a mic thing. Yeah. Don't understand it because like I'm gonna go stand in a room, hear a bunch of music I've already yeah. heard, and with a bunch of sweaty 
smelly people. Well, I understand it from a, like if you're a secular person who doesn't have like any community anywhere else. Like yeah, that's maybe, like a sense of because, community. Yeah, oh, I yeah, guess it for is because sure for is, me, yeah. like when I think of this, is gonna sound so bad, but like when I think of concert, I kind of think of church, communal people getting together to sing songs. Well, yeah, and like we, I think my expectation yeah. is so formed around that that like mm-hmm. I like I have literally no interest in seeing seeing concerts. I just don't. Oh, okay, I don't know. And that's just my thing. Well. To each their own. I guess, like, so for me, I've never seen a worship concert. Like, I haven't gone to see a worship band ever before. I've only gone to see, like, secular artists mm-hmm. play songs that I like um, that aren't worship songs Same. at all. So ha- you haven't seen Hillsong United before? No, yeah? never okay. seen them. That's interesting. Though. I think if there's a certain level of, like, creative genius, I might appreciate seeing it. Like, I feel like a concert I'd like to go to would be, like, John Mayer. Because I feel like he just is like next level genius yeah. on stuff. Where I can no, appreciate it's just because Luke it. likes them so much. No, it's not because Luke likes them. My wife does. <laughs> um, but like most stuff is just like these pop bands singing music. I don't know. And make, that's just my personal thing. I could be weird in that sense. But I don't know. I feel like unless there's like... Because I think I'd actually... This is going to sound so lame. No, it's not. I'm proud of who I am. Um, I think I'd much rather go see like an like a, like a symphony. And it's not because the music's inherently better, but I think there's like, for some reason, it feels like there's more of a mastery well, yeah, it's in like one so versus the other one. Maybe versus versus pop pop music? All Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it's, it's, I'm not saying that pop music isn't masterful, but they have to be way more reason, precise in a symphony. Yeah, that there's, there's a, like, kind of like this yeah. grand harmony to it yeah. that maybe I can just artistically appreciate. Although, if you could do something like, I don't know, like, I feel like, I uh, know that's not true. I'm not gonna even bother. <laughs> I don't know. My final yeah. word on on all this, I'm gonna say, is that to be honest, I probably won't know how I'm supposed to react until I actually get to the Hillsong show. Sam, lift your hands and you sing. <laughs> it probably will be that, <laughs> and simple. the spirit will hit you. There you go. All right, I'll I'll just be open to whatever the spirit wants to do in that moment. Mm. That's all I can do. Mm. So good. Hey everyone, before we get to the real meat of this podcast, or if you're like me, the real um, soy protein of this podcast, I do want to just tell you about a couple things we've got going on. The first is that this Sunday, Easter Sunday, is our Easter service, of course. It's called Heaven Here. It's a great opportunity to bring someone out to church if you haven't brought them before. So uh, just uh, be encouraged throughout this week. Invite people. The second part is if you have not checked out Morning Prayer at 6.30 a.m. every Wednesday morning at Stanley Park Community Church, I highly recommend you do. Um, I've just been hearing great things about it. I mean, I lead it, but people have been telling me awesome stuff. Um, I look forward to it every week. It's a great time to be in community, to be in prayer, and just to really grow in your relationship with God. So do yourself a favor and just come join us. We'd love to see you out. Harry Potter and his creator, author J.K. Rowling, aren't without critics. Some parents don't consider Harry Potter harmless at all. The books and the movie are full of occult imagery, and some parents worry that Harry Potter legitimizes witchcraft and opens a door to the occult for impressionable youngsters. So what were some shows that you guys um, were not allowed to watch growing up due to your uh, Christian upbringings? Due to my Christian upbringing. Yeah. How sheltered were you? Yeah. I, I, I was, wasn't I gonna was say not that. homeschooled. I went to a hey. public school. Hey, there's nothing wrong Long with being homeschooled. I didn't say there was. 
Implicit. Yeah, well, anyways. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch... Well, for for a time, I wasn't allowed to watch That's So Raven because huh. Allie was, like, being kind of rude and sassy. And my mom was like, you're getting it from this show. You're not allowed to watch it. Or because she was a psychic. Um, no, that didn't have anything to do with it. I wasn't allowed to watch <laughs> Arthur because apparently somehow my parents thought that, like, DW was, was going to be a negative heard, influence on me. Like, it's a bratty little girl. I was, like, a 10-year-old boy. I was not going to be negatively influenced by DW. <laughs> by, by a cartoon. No, I actually <laughs> legitimately knew a family where they were not allowed, like, to watch Arthur because, you know, DW. Yeah. But, like, any kind of, like, spiritual magic, things like that, it's like, yeah. go ahead, right? We're like, I'm, I was the opposite. Like, couldn't watch Harry Potter. That was a big one. But we could watch, you know, Arthur, which I don't think is that bad. Uh, Arthur was great. I loved that Yeah, Arthur show. was great. I was not to watch Power Rangers for a time. Really? Power Rangers, yep. But my, we, we used to sneak it just because, you know. <laughs> you know what's, you know what's actually kids? crazy? Like, um, so I wasn't allowed to watch any anime at all. Just like anime as a blanket. Because I think my parents were told that like Pokemon was bad for oh, children man. to watch. Pokemon was demonic. Uh, yeah, and then and then I never wanted. Basically, to watch my parents that. saw the art style of Pokemon, and then I just wasn't allowed to watch <laughs> anime at all. It was all Pokemon. <laughs> it was all the same thing. Um, oh, that's funny. But it's the funny thing now is that my mom actually likes anime, so I she's been getting into it. Like I watched some of the Studio Ghibli movies with her when I was a teenager, like Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away. And she really liked those. And then now my sister's watching Naruto or Naruto. I don't know how you say that. And my mom's been watching that with her. So it's like really weird. Like it's not something I'd expect my, my mom to enjoy, but that's like, where was this when I was mm-hmm. a kid and couldn't watch Beyblade? Beyblade. <laughs> yeah. No, we, yeah, there's time we weren't allowed to watch Pokemon anymore. We didn't watch, I said Power Rangers. We didn't watch Pinky and the Brain. Why Pinky and the Brain? I don't know. I actually don't know. Maybe because he was destructive. Do you remember really... the Amanda Bynes show? Yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch that because my mom saw there was like some underwear on wheels, like a mannequin wearing underwear on wheels. And she was mm. like, nope. that's it. Christians don't wear underwear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only Mormons do. Anyways. Um, um, no, I think that was main, I'm the big one growing up for me was always Harry Potter. Yeah, that was the big yeah. fight. Same, that was. But like one. Lord of the Rings was perfectly fine. That's the it's because Tolkien <laughs> was a Christian and uh, J.K. Rowling is the Satanist, of course. <laughs> no, but I don't. I think like I think there is something to the fact that like Tolkien was a Christian, so it's like oh, his oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It's the same reason I say The Exorcist is a wonderful uh, Christian film to watch because <laughs> the author of the book is a Catholic. <laughs> Okay, um, but I, I, we never watch horror movies, especially yeah. like demonic horror movies, yeah. mainly because I didn't like them. But I think my parents would have said that there's like you know, that kind of spiritual element to them. Do I agree with that now? I, I, I full disclosure, I'm kidding about The Exorcist, although I do think it is a great movie about faith. I I just never can't seen it. I can't I've in good conscience it. recommend it because there is some pretty shocking blasphemous content in it. But you know good what? disclaimer. Yeah. I thought. For the longest time, I thought The Human Centipede was just a movie about, like, a, a mm, centipede that gets really big. I don't even want to talk about that movie. <laughs> you watched it? No, no! No, because someone told me what it's about, and I literally couldn't sleep for, like, the next yeah, month. Just the thought of it. Or, yeah, like, all, like, the, the Saw movies. Yeah. My brother, exposing him, uh, snuck all of them one time, I believe. They're not even fun to watch. I watched the first one because my friend was like, this one's actually good. And then I watched it, and I was like... No. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be, but it was like, I didn't have any desire to watch the rest. Yeah, I never really watched that. Though. As a kid, like, I don't, like, I remember, like, for some reason, maybe just because we were kids and, 
it was like older content. Like Dawson's Creek was a big one. We weren't allowed to watch Dawson's mm. Creek. I never watched that. You know what's crazy about Harry Potter? Like going back to that is I saw someone on Twitter the other day talk about how there's apparently someone does almost like a commentary or like <laughs> um, reading of Harry Potter as if it's religious text. So like reading the stories as, and like identifying like the morals they're meant mm. to teach us and all this stuff and I'm not surprised. Yeah, so <laughs> that was interesting. Harry Potter became like a kind of like Harry cult Potter? <laughs> following. What? Yeah, that sounded that? like you did. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter. It did kind of become that whole like he was like people were entrenched. Like oh yeah, I remember kids like not sleeping just to read the books all night yeah, and like, like getting in line and dressing up to go like, buy was the book. Weird. Yeah, I it, never knew those kids and I never was one of those kids and I never read the books. I, and I knew I a lot of kids that were really obsessed with it, but I I actually didn't have a huge desire to really watch Harry Potter. To be honest, no. I don't think I even knew it existed. <coughs> Choking on an almond. I don't think I don't think I knew it existed until like grade seven or eight. Hmm. Like I had no desire. Like it surprises me that like now I know so many Christians who are like, Yeah, Harry Potter, I was never allowed to watch it and I was like didn't even know about it. I, I did go like I watched the movies a few years ago when I was staying with some relatives in England and uh they they were pretty good. Like I actually really did enjoy the first few movies that I watched. Um but I don't feel like I was deprived, to be honest, as a kid. No, I don't no. think it messed me up. No. I think. No, um, I think people love it so much because they grew up with it. So now it's like the attachment mm -hmm. of like. Yeah. And me not having grown up with it, I'm like, who gives a poop? Yeah. yeah. No, I just I don't care about it at all. Yeah. But like, do you think that like Harry Potter, do you think, do you ever, if you've gone back and watched them or read about them, do you feel like you were protected from anything by not having been exposed no. to it? I read other books that were like. I don't know, fictional, magical, whatever. And I don't feel like I was deprived of anything. Yeah. Well, I think that, like, if parents... This is the thing about raising kids, right? Like, it's it's a guessing game. Right, a lot of it, like, you have the principles of... Right? Yeah. But it's like... Because do I think that if... Like, oh, but the thing is, kids are pretty susceptible. So, so Liv, she's, she's four, yeah. right? And, you know, she has... Most of the four-year-old girl content, right, is very princessy, very fairy, fairy-y. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. It's not innocent, right? You it's, don't think it's innocent. No, like, hmm. it, it, it's not neutral, right? It, there is narrative. There is story. She that's picks true. up on it. Like, even today she was telling me the story about how – and it's not like I didn't necessarily disagree with it, but, like, the story she tells are about, are about princesses um, always needing to be rescued by princes. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I want you to view chivalry as a good thing. And that's an awesome message. But it's almost like she has this, she learns these stories very like ingrained. Yeah. Um, and, Only play Mulan from now on. Right. From now on. No. Yeah. And the thing is like, it's so, again, it's not like they're evil, but I think we have to be wrecking. Rec rec wow. Wow. Guys, I can't talk. We have to recognize the fact that nothing is neutral that's what i think parents are trying to do and maybe get it wrong but like like dw or like caillou caillou because he was like this brat of a kid or whatever hmm, and yeah. you know all that stuff it's like it's just that, a boring show it, like but the thing is like there is a kind Caillou's of boring hot take it is and it have you heard the like theory that he was like dying of leukemia yeah <laughs> that's, that's, quite, that's, that's why he's bald right um uh, anyways that's not funny sam yes yeah, it's funny that people make that theory yes. um 
But like, and, and I understand the idea that like a kid can see themselves in a story and be like, I can talk like that, right? Yeah. Like even live now, she'll like call Weston the same nicknames that I call him. But it's like, it's funny if I do it, but if your sister calls you, it's yeah. like, it's not the same, right? That we have, to, I think there's just this awareness of, okay, I have to really watch because actually, you know, what's crazy. Speaking of this, um, I'm pretty sure it was Peppa Pig. <laughs> Love that girl. Right. She said something about how girls aren't supposed to be fat. Oh, oh, that's it was wow. something along that line because Liv, she's like, I don't want to be fat, and we're like, what do you mean? She goes, well, that's what Peppa said, and we're like, okay, like we got to figure this out. Peppa said, um, and, and so like there is these little things in innocent, perceived innocent moments and characters that can present certain narratives, right? So I think yeah. just being aware that everything is preaching, everything is always, pre- and as yeah. adults, we still have to be aware of that. Like we can just passively consume content for like, sure yeah then when we turn off our brains we're doing ourselves a disservice like that's a whole other topic we get into the passive con- consumption of content but so like even for so for ads on youtube because that's a lot of how we watch it or netflix or whatever it's like you know whenever that ad comes up i'll i'll <laughs> yell don't take my money so now Liv, whenever she sees an ad, she'll say, don't take my money, right? And just to try to train yeah. them that, like, it is, there is narrative, there's story. And so, like, I love story. Like, we, we try to let Liv, um, especially Liv because she's four, and Weston's still trying to figure it out, but really engage with story and fantasy. And I don't think it's bad. Like, we should encourage the imagination of children on, on, on every sort of um, dynamic of story. But being aware of, like, nothing that they consume is ever a neutral story being told. And so just having to be aware of that. So like, you know, people might make a huge thing about, you know, if, you know, I remember that so raving because she was a psychic, right? It's normalizing psychics. Oh, okay. I can understand that argument, but it's like, you know, a kid's really not going to like pick up on that. Now, if you make a big deal of it, maybe if you want to teach your kid, Hey, this is not what we believe about psychics then fine, do it. But just be recognizing the fact that, like every every show is ultimately an opportunity. It's and it's the opportunity cost, right? Is it going to cost me more to correct the story that's being yeah. told or educate during it? And then that assumes a parent's not passively letting their children just passively consume content as well, right? Yeah. So like as a parent though, Mike, um, like it's very easy to plop your child in front of a television set or an iPad with YouTube playing kids shows, like. Do you screen all that stuff a lot of the time? Like, are you watching it yourself prior to, or is it pretty much like? Um, well, with YouTube and the whole like children um, issues that they've had of late for like, I think it's Momo or Mimi or whatever. Yeah, but I, I thought that was a hoax. It is a hoax, but there's still videos that come yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the Elsa Gate stuff, or, like, the inappropriate content that pops up in children's streams. Okay, and, yeah. like, like you just have to be, like, yeah, you can't be, you, people, can, like, yes, I'm mad at the creators for creating the content, yeah. but I'm more mad at the parents for just being yeah. dumb with that, right? Like, I don't mean that negative. Well, I do mean it negatively, but, like, like we won't, we will not let Liv just have the iPad. Yeah. Right, because of those things, um, and so what we have is we know the shows like, and I trust Emily a lot on this because she's with them a lot more during the day watching some of the content. Yeah. That like, if she is like, no, this is a good one or this is a good one, then sure. Like, there are some like, there's one on Netflix, like some Barbie mermaid show that yeah. literally it's just like brain mush. <laughs> and if it's like once in a while, okay, because it's just so dumb. But we actually do try to choose that a lot of like, very specifically and. And then we do watch most of it. Like it's never, they're never alone watching. Right. Yeah. So 
um, so yeah, we're very engaged in that. And that's where like, even little things I will say to live, um, you know, that's not what we believe and here's what we believe. And it might seem almost too much at times, but I think it's hopefully going to train her in some level of like, I'm going to think critically about this. I know she's four, but I still think it's like, it's important to engage her mind in that way a little bit. I feel like when I have kids, if I have kids, I can't say I will, but, um, it'll be, I'm going to make them watch a planet earth or like blue planet, like nature documentaries. We do that. Like like, that's the kind of thing I would actually be pretty comfortable. I think leaving on. And then I'll, that'll be like, by the way, evolution isn't real, and God created the earth in six 24-hour days. So all this stuff <laughs> they're telling you is wrong. No, but kidding. And you make a joke about it. But that is the thing, though. Like yeah, again, even that's not neutral, and they will they they will present certain things as fact that is or is not proven. But the point is the philosophy behind it. Like yes, I don't even care sure. if they're yep. going to say it's 14.6 billion yep. years old. Maybe it is. It Maybe. actually does not affect my philosophy on creation. But yeah, yep. the way that they narrative out the value of human beings and the progress of our species yes. does matter to me, right? For Oh, for human stuff, it definitely matters, yeah. Like, there'll be, I mean, if they're going to talk about how we, like, came out of apes, I mean, I don't know what God's process was, but I do sort of know his purpose, maybe, more so. Mm-hmm. And they're going to basically t- explain out any kind of purpose well, there or creativity. Is, right? and, and it gets that. down to yeah. basically just all evolutionary processes, which don't explain... I don't think well enough what we do as human beings. And so I'm not going to just let that happen, but we do that. We like, there's this thing called curiosity stream, which is all documentaries. Um, We watched some of that stuff. We watched a big one on like hummingbirds. That's pretty cool. Apparently they go to Mexico every year and there's a big hummingbird festival. But anyways, um, but like a lot of those documentaries I think are cool. Or I'll, I tried to make Liv, she was not interested, watching a sustainable farming documentary that I was trying to watch. <laughs> she wasn't interested she in was sustainable not. farming? What? No, That's right? She's like, she's like, she'll say things like, Dad, can we turn this off? Like, no, we're watching this. But anyways, yeah, documentaries are great for kids. Yeah, I think, I think the more that they can like learn and not just like internalize stories that are maybe like have been perpetuated in our culture throughout time but may or may not actually be relevant or true in our well it's just it's like again it's all it's all all content that gets consumed you have to be you have to be aware of the sermon that's being preached as preachy as that is right like it's a good anyways i think we have to be aware i think we just have to be aware of it because even you guys right you guys aren't parents yet or married that yet we know of. that we know oh well you should <laughs> i'm saying sam maybe not so much but but you should i should know that, you should know that. <laughs> it's on, possible man. that you don't it's, maybe it, yeah very slim very anyways but... this is digress no. anyways um that like this gets back to we talked about social media you all that stuff that everything that we're we're consuming is like nothing is ever neutral there's always a message there's always something going on right even if someone's attempt to be neutral is still a, like a, an opinion on neutrality, neutrality right? There's always a, a narrative. And so it, just being aware of it. It's crazy. Sometimes just by talking to people about certain subjects, you can tell what podcasts or like figures they've been listening to lots of. I can spot someone who's been listening to Jordan Peterson, for example, from a mile away. <laughs> I know how they talk. Or Joe Rogan, for example. Mm-hmm. Like they all, they kind of have, like people literally, there's a guy at my work who talks and like... <laughs> I swear he's just like a Joe Rogan clone. He even like looks like Joe Rogan kind of. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you listen to this podcast a lot, don't you? I can mm-hmm. tell. Well, that's where like we do. We need to consume wide, yeah, in with wisdom. Definitely wide. Like I, I, and I have no problem with people who consume Joe Rogan. I think it's just like, you know, I, all I, you're like, I listen to him because I want to hear what 
kind of like the average like podcast consumers yeah just is 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 like is hearing right because like some of his stuff is like the guests are usually pretty interesting i was listening to one recently about like a yale professor talking about human development and different things it's pretty cool but i also want to know that because then i can engage with those same topics in different it's like oh yeah i I too have heard that joe rogan episode (laughs) which is because you just some water cooler talk (laughs) water hey have you heard that um but yeah no i and i just think that we it's it's more of a it's more about a conversation less about children more about consumption like what are we actually taking in and are we processing it and do you think you always have to be taking in stuff that's like educational or like because like what you're what i'm hearing is like at for your kids, you don't want them to just take in like any random crap. Like you want it to have some good message. But like, do you, do you think as they grow up, like that, like there's more lenience there? Like, oh, you can just enjoy that because it's enjoyable. It doesn't have well, to be. Well, I, I don't think that there necessarily is a strict, needs to be a strict difference, right? I think the best stories are going to be enjoyable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I think when we detach, like, enjoyment from messaging or like what it's trying to teach you yeah, and that's like educational. I, I, well i won't say educational but sure right because you know it, it's it's not necessarily you're looking more at like what it's telling you like about yeah like what, what, what it's teaching not like what facts is it right. presenting yes. but like what is going in like what's it challenging to think about that yeah i don't think it's worth your time to just watch brain mush because even the comedies that I watch, so we, we talk about comedians that we'll watch. Mm-hmm. I, I watch them because I want to be entertained, and there's value in that. Um, and I do think there is inherent value in entertainment, like, but there's also in temptation in that just to waste your life. But I also watch comedians, so I'm a better communicator. So I have a different That's reason the thing. to do like, it, right? I've heard people say that like comedians are basically like the modern-day preachers. Like they're what people want to listen to and they are like, they're saying like what people perceive to be honest and witty observations about life, like truth. Like, but here's the thing, right? Like you take comedians, I think are geniuses, good ones, (laughs) because like they have an audience captivated for an hour plus talking about the most random crap. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like to keep, and people say like, and, and we'll say that our attention spans shrinking as a culture. No, 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 it's not. Right. It's just what we value, what we want to tune into, right? And so, like, I do think that, like, there is, a, there is a value in enjoyment purely. But the question becomes, what about this thing am I enjoying? Because, like, this, is, this was a conversation in, in college we had. Like, what is the value of, of art? Is it the truth or is it the beauty, right? And I don't think we have to make that distinction all the time. But I would argue that... Um, if I'm just enjoying a shock value comedy, for example, mm. right, making light of tragedy, making light of certain things that as Christians we would think are pretty horrible, yeah. right? Like, then that says more about me yeah. than what I'm consuming, right? That's like, I should probably not laugh, find so enjoyable the, the very things that like put Jesus on a cross. Like, that, 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 that's where it gets tough for me because it's like, I, like, there is. Like, I think as human beings, we do have to be honest about our human story. And there's real tragedy and real pain and real mess. And we can mm. make fun of it because sometimes that's how we deal with it. And I get that. But I think when we're going beyond the level of honest um, exploration and just to, like, 
the lowest form of comedy, especially in comedy. I think that's shock, shock humor is definitely right. the lowest form because like shock is really you, you well, laugh because you don't know how. Well, like to even respond. like 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 there's one comedy thing that that we that we put on in this comedian. Like all they did was for the first like five minutes, literally just say the f word as many different ways as they could. That's what most American like, right? comedy and then, like, movies are nowadays. And then like expose their underwear and like I'm like this is just not funny. Like it's just it's not innovative. It's not clever. It's, it's just, just it's it's, it's like, people cheap. will laugh because yeah. almost like yeah. And to me, there's like an actual like value that we need to strive for. Yeah. And so it's not just like I like I know I'm and this might be. Maybe I'm too boring as a human being, but like I do think that consumption for consumption shake sake shake is is not wise even just as a human being. Cause like, and this might be my achievement drivenness that I need to have hammered out of me. But like, if I'm going to spend an hour watching something, like I I want it to be worth my hour, and so that's why like I'll turn stuff off pretty quick. I'm like oh, I'm not going anywhere, but like then there are times where I'm like, I enjoy certain kinds of stories, right? So like, um, or like I want to, you know, I've heard this movie was pretty good, so I want to consume it, whatever. And is it educational and something I was going to add value to my life? Maybe not, but at the same time, like I, I don't think that it's wrong to purely just enjoy a good story, right? And so I think there is, depends on what you call educational, I guess. I don't know. With my kids, I really want to do as much as I can to set them up to be the best human being possible. And so if they want to just, you know, numb their brain on crap when they're older, that's their decision. Well, I get to choose. Peppa Pig is the limit on crap <laughs> <laughs> for me, right? Because I'm like, they don't watch Paw Patrol. Although I'm sure that's a great show. I have no idea. I just don't want to get them addicted to that crap. Paw Patrol. Hmm. I'm sure it's great, but it's crap. <laughs> How good can kids' shows be? That's Although, true. Mr. Rogers, now there is some quality TV. Now we're just getting back into the nostalgia talk. I think. Well, there's that, that documentary on Netflix about Mr. Rogers, yeah. right? And it, was, it wasn't just on Netflix, but now it is. Yeah. Um, we watched it the other day. And it's actually pretty interesting. Like, his heart behind it, I totally get. And, like, I'm so for it. But then his messaging that people have, like, kind of misconstrued and... Because he was a Christian guy that was talking about essentially how like inherent human dignity is what we all have, and you know we just got to express that. Now he said it in a very, I would say, wide-reaching mm, manner that very like broad, very broad that you could I could understand people could take that differently. But the idea of like being honest with kids, like I didn't know this, but like he did like a whole week on death, just to explain yeah. death to kids, and like mm. and then the nine eleven stuff that he did, and like just I was like, man, this actually is pretty brilliant. Like that he mm. could create this world where kids could explore this stuff. Yeah. So I don't think, like, I don't think all, like, I think there actually is very valuable kids entertainment. He should have uh, spent some of that time uh, just exploring the five points of Calvinism and making sure everyone. <laughs> he was a Presbyterian apparently. So he was oh, into that. <laughs> um, I don't know like how strict Presbyterian he was, but anyways, but the idea that like, I don't think, I don't, I'm just convinced that like, I think as a culture and there's, and this gets deeper than just TV shows, but we've actually begun to devalue children again in the sense of like, we want to wait for them to become adults before they're valuable. Um, And that's not true. Like they're humans right now and they're, they're not becoming human. They might be becoming adult, but like right now they need that. And so I think making sure that we value what they receive is so much is as important as what we ourselves consume, right? Like there's a reason 
and this is going to sound kind of sinister, but just go with me. Like, there is a reason why some of, like, the most tyrant kind of leaders, like a Hitler, would create Hitler youth and go after the kids. It's because if you can get them when they're young and train them and indoctrinate them essentially in a certain way of life, like, that's what they're going to pattern their life to be. Yeah. There, there's a certain power in training up a child as they should go. And I think we get, we've devalued that so much in culture in general. But I, yeah, I agree. I think... <laughs> I also don't want to like have rose colored glasses about that too, because I mean, I've said this on a previous episode back in the day, raising up kids was free labor for your farm. <laughs> like, so there is, there was like definitely a selfish aspect to like watching them grow up when they'll finally be useful, I think as well. Um, so I almost feel like yep. the human race as a whole needs to just at, at all points of history. I think we probably needed to get better at that. Yeah. I think it's, it's, yeah, but that's the thing is I'm, we're speaking to our cultural moment. So if, yeah. if I don't have a farm, so I'm not going to talk about the guys at a farm. But I think that's the trend of Christianity, though. This is the thing that people don't really understand is that kids, like when Jesus said, let, let the little kids come to me, like they're a valued part of my community. Yeah. That was revolutionary. Like oh, kids sure. weren't considered very important. Um, kids and women until Christianity began doing its thing and also in, implied this this huge dignity towards those people. That I think it's part of our calling as Christians to very much stand for that and value that. And if we had farms, it doesn't matter, right? Free labor is great. I wouldn't want, I want, I can't wait to live actually does the dishes, right? Because that's great. I'll have to. And that's selfish maybe, but it's called discipline and training her up. Um, and Weston too, of course, he'll do dishes. Like I'm not trying to make any statements. Don't, don't read into that. And he'll yeah, learn how to I cook and clean. He'll, oh, I'll teach Weston how to cook. Weston wants to cook. That's the thing. I'll teach that man how to cook. Yeah. Um, but... Like for me, I, like I do think that in our space, like we have to, we have been trained and this, okay, should I get into this? I don't know. I feel like we have been trained in culture to believe that children are a communal responsibility, not a parent's one. So we'll essentially, you know, allow but this is great. Like, and this is not just a Christian thing, secular thing, right? Like, but in both regards, a lot of times I've found that parents assume a couple things. One, that when they get to a certain age, the schools will raise my kids, hmm. and that the church will train my kids, uh, right? Youth group, yeah. Awana, King's yeah. Kids, we used to call it, right? Awana. Some other program. Youth group was very important right? to me, though. And, and they are important, right? But I have found that a lot of parents, at least when I was a youth pastor and when I was doing that stuff, abdicated like abdicated following jesus to the church like yeah. you guys like and it was always if you don't if we don't have a youth group then we can't come to your church well why you can train your kids get them in connect group <laughs> like like you don't need the church to do yeah. that it's part of the community 100 percent. and and i just feel like we have to intentionally cultivate the life of our kids as much as we can and i know you guys aren't parents yet so this is sort of my own thing but i don't I'm listening I, I just feel like there's there's a, a reinstitution of value that we need to give back to the raising of children. Because I'm even hearing people talk about how like they'd rather have dogs than kids now. Yeah, that's a thing. Right, it's more of a cat thing. I don't know. Well, there, sure, I don't care. Or and then this idea because you don't want to have kids now because like when they're born, the world's gonna end and yeah. all this stuff. And you know what? It might. And we might, sure. And we've talked about on the podcast how like this, some believe this is the most pessimistic generation and we don't believe it's going to get better for our children. Mm -hmm. But again, I just think as Christians, we just can't succumb to that, that we have to see the value of kids and see the value of the future. And um, 
redemptively be optimistic about where God can lead it. And you know what? Take seriously the issues of the day. Like, yeah, like, like let's sure be better environmentally friendly people. Let's try not to be so much driven by politic and whatever. Um, but that doesn't mean we like, well, I'd rather not bring up a kid in this world. Well then we all die. Like, 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 like it just ends. Right. So it's yeah. like, yeah. I don't know. To me, it's very, this is going to be very hot takeish, but I think it's, I think there's something implicitly selfish about not wanting to be a parent. It's weird. For the longest time, I thought I didn't want to be a parent. And like at a certain point, like towards adulthood, it's no, like before I met anybody, it was just kind of like, yeah, like I see children as being part of my future. And I don't know, some like weird instinct, I guess, just took over. I don't know what happened, but well, like people yeah. say like, it's, it, it's, it's, it's selfish to want kids for my, and I don't want kids to complete me. I just feel like, oh, I, and, and, and I maybe haven't been able to figure this one out philosophically quite yet, but I feel like it's kind of like, it's part of my duty to raise up the generation coming after me to continue what we're doing. I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like the idea that like kids are a burden and that they come somehow rob life of joy is just not true. Like, I think, especially from the Christian perspective where God's like be fruitful and multiply children are blessings over and over again that like, especially, okay, I'll say this. No, I can't understand why Christians don't want to have kids. I can understand people who aren't Christians and why they wouldn't want to. I can understand that, that thought line, but I can't understand how Christians would be like, yeah, I really just, you know, love Jesus and love what he's about, but you know, I just don't want kids. I'm like, yeah, just like if God's giving you the gift of celibacy, sure. And, and again, if there's a barrenness to you, like if you have trouble with kids, evidence of brokenness, like we've had miscarriages as a family. We know that, that that's, that's hard and it's those messy things. Um, but the general course of human, human, you know, growth and the track of life, I just, I just feel like to not want the responsibility of raising that next generation to be better than you were. I don't know. I just feel like there's a, there's something I don't want to say selfish. I know I said that earlier, but there's something just, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't know how to put my finger on that. Like, what is that? Something thing? broken. Broken. I think so. I know it's pretty controversial because that's a big thing right now. I've heard a lot of people have pins on that, but I just really do think that like, it's part of my blessing. It's part of a good thing that I get to train up a kid to know Jesus and have that. Yeah. I think just as a church, we got to be a bunch of uh, Proverbs 31 women and Joshua 1, 9 men that train up, Proverbs twenty two six children. <laughs> That's insane. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, you know I was watching this um, YouTube video of last night when I was supposed to be working on my um, paper. Whatever. These uh, the only uh, identical quadruplets in the UK, and uh, her mom or their mom was like, it was obviously a complicated pregnancy and they were talking about like, do you want to like get rid of one of the four to like make the other three survive more or whatever? And she was like, no, why the heck would I do that? Like, and I just thought it was interesting. I was like, yeah, like wh- why, why would you do that? You know, like what are your thoughts on that? Talking about kids. Thought about that. Uh, yeah. Inherent dignity of human life. Like we, we aren't, essentially utilitarian in that sense every human life is yeah. valuable yeah. like we have we have to this is actually i was listening to a podcast today about this and like how 
there's not a lot of people who champion in the way that Christians used to the inherent individual dignity of humans, right? That there's, it's, it's very like, we all like, how do you say it? It was very powerful, but it's just like this idea that like every human being has inherent dignity from God and we have to protect that at all costs. Like that is like what makes us essentially like humans. We recognize that it's what we love. It's what we honor. And so for us, right? Like this is, you don't want to get into the whole debate around abortion and things like that, but that's the same principle. Why would we kill one of the babies to make the other ones, you know, more viable when all four of them, are viable at that point. Like that's, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, and if this, they're saying there's like, you know, a 50% chance that they all die or something, then that gets way more ethically complex. And I understand that, but no, for us, it's like inherent value. And cause to me, cause then this gets into a much deeper conversation around, like there's this idea of like, you know, being able to screen your baby for genetic defects, and then terminating it. Right. Like, and we like, we should, be disgusted by that as Christians because like although say for example you find out that your baby has some kind of genetic defect um you know I don't even know that's proper saying it now a disorder I don't know um but say someone that like your kid has down syndrome right it's like just because there's an a, a, a brokenness to the natural course of the development doesn't rob the inherent dignity of what that life is yeah. and so we should always be fighting for that like and I don't care if it's going to be harder and we have to have some social systems to help that. Like that's part of the value of that life. And so I just think like as Christians, our kind of stake on that is very not cut and dry, but like to me, very obvious all life from womb to tomb is valuable and we have to fight for that dignity.